The School for Scandal. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The School for Scandal by Richard Brinsley Sheridan. Act Four. Scene Three. A Library. Discovered Joseph Surface and a Servant. No letter from Lady Teasel? No, sir. I am surprised she has not sent if she is prevented from coming. Sir Peter certainly does not suspect me. Yet I wish I may not lose the heiress through the scrape I have drawn myself into with the wife. However, Charles's imprudence and bad character are great points in my favour. Knocking hard without. Sir, I believe that must be Lady Teasel. Hold! See whether it is or not before you go to the door. I have a particular message for you if it should be my brother. Tis her ladyship, sir. She always leaves her chair at the milliner's in the next street. Stay, stay! Draw that screen before the window. That will do. My opposite neighbour is a maiden lady of so anxious a temper. Servant draws the screen and exit. I have a difficult hand to play in this affair. Lady Teasel has lately suspected my views on Maria, but she must by no means be let into that secret, at least till I have her more in my power. Enter Lady Teasel. What? Sentiment and soliloquy now? Have you been very impatient? Oh, Lud, don't pretend to look grave. I vow I couldn't come before. Oh, madam, punctuality is a species of constancy, a very unfashionable quality in a lady. Upon my word, you ought to pity me. Do you know Sir Peter has grown so ill-natured to me of late, and so jealous of Charles, too? That's the best of the story, isn't it? Aside. I'm glad my scandalous friends keep that up. I am sure I wish he would let Maria marry him, and then perhaps he would be convinced. Don't you, Mr. Surface? Aside. Indeed, I do not. Oh, certainly I do, for then my dear Lady Teasel would also be convinced how wrong her suspicions were of my having any design on the silly girl. Well, well, I'm inclined to believe you. But isn't it provoking to have the most ill-natured things said of one? And there's my friend, Lady Snearwell, has circulated I don't know how many scandalous tales of me, and all without any foundation to. That's what vexes me. Ay, madam, to be sure, that is the provoking circumstance. Without foundation. Yes, yes, there's the mortification indeed. For when a scandalous story is believed against one, there certainly is no comfort like the consciousness of having deserved it. No, to be sure, then I'd forgive their malice. But to attack me, who am really so innocent, and you never say an ill-natured thing of anybody, that is, of any friend, and then Sir Peter, too, to have him so peevish and so suspicious, when I know the integrity of my own heart, indeed tis monstrous. But, my dear Lady Teasel, tis your own fault if you suffer it. When a husband entertains a groundless suspicion of his wife— and withdraws his confidence from her. The original compact is broken, and she owes it to the honour of her sex to outwit him. Indeed. So that if he suspects me without cause, it follows that the best way of curing his jealousy is to give him reason for it. Undoubtedly, for your husband would never be deceived in you, and in that case it becomes you to be frail in compliment to his discernment. To be sure, what you say is very reasonable— and when the consciousness of my innocence— Ah, oh, my dear madam, there is the great mistake. Tis this very conscious innocence that is of the greatest prejudice to you. 
What is it makes you negligent of forms and careless of the world's opinion? Why, the consciousness of your own innocence. What makes you thoughtless in your own conduct and apt to run into a thousand little imprudences? Why, the consciousness of your own innocence. What makes you impatient of Sir Peter's temper and outrageous of his suspicions? Why, the consciousness of your innocence. Tis very true. Now, my dear Lady Teasel, if you would but once make a trifling faux pas, you can't conceive how cautious you would grow, and how ready to humour and agree with your husband. Do you think so? Oh, I'm sure, Aunt. And then you would find all scandal would cease at once. For, in short, your character at present is like a person in a plethora, absolutely dying from too much health. So, so. Then I perceive your prescription is that I must sin in my own defence, and part with my virtue to secure my reputation. Exactly so. Upon my credit, ma'am. Well, certainly, this is the oddest doctrine and the newest recipe for avoiding calumny. An infallible one, believe me. Prudence, like experience, must be paid for. Why, if my understanding were once convinced. Oh, certainly, madam, your understanding should be convinced. Yes, yes, heaven forbid I should persuade you to do anything you thought wrong. No, no, I have too much honour to desire it. Don't you think we may as well leave honour out of the question? Ah, the ill effects of your country education, I see, still remain with you. I doubt they do indeed. And I will fairly own to you that if I could be persuaded to do wrong, it would be by Sir Peter's ill-usage sooner than your honourable logic, after all. Then by this hand, which he is unworthy of. Taking her hand. Enter servant. Step, you blockhead, what do you want? I beg your pardon, sir, but I thought you would not choose Sir Peter to come up without announcing him. Sir Peter? Oons! The devil! Sir Peter? Oh, lud, I'm ruined! I'm ruined! Sir, twasn't. I let him in. Oh, I'm quite undone. What will become of me? Now, Mr. Logic! Oh, he's on the stairs. I'll get behind here, and if I'm ever so imprudent again— Goes behind the screen. Give me that book! Sits down. Servant pretends to adjust his hair. Enter Sir Peter. Aye, ever improve himself? Mr. Surface? Mr. Surface? Oh, my dear Sir Peter, I beg your pardon. Gaping, throws away the book. I've been dozing over a stupid book. Well, I'm much obliged to you for this call. You haven't been here, I believe, since I fitted up this room. Books, you know, are the only things in which I am a coxcomb. It's very neat indeed. Well, well, that's proper. You can even make your screen a source of knowledge, hung, I perceive, with maps. Oh, yes, I am. find great use in that screen. I dare say you must, certainly, when you want to find anything in a hurry. Aside. I ought to hide anything in a hurry, either. Well, I have a little private business. Joseph, to the servant. You need not stay. No, sir. Exit. Here's a chair, Sir Peter. I beg. Well, now we are alone, there is a subject, my dear friend, on which I wish to unburden my mind to you, a point of the greatest moment to my peace. In short, my dear friend, Lady Teasel's conduct of late, has made me extremely unhappy. 
Indeed? I am very sorry to hear it. Aye, tis too plain she has not the least regard for me. But, what's worse, I have pretty good authority to suppose she has formed an attachment to another. Indeed? You astonish me. Yes, and, between ourselves, I think I've discovered the person. How? You alarm me exceedingly. Aye, my dear friend, I knew you would sympathise with me. Yes, believe me, Sir Peter, such a discovery would hurt me just as much as it would you. I am convinced of it. Ah, it is a happiness to have a friend whom we can trust even with one's family secrets. But have you no guess who I mean? I haven't the most distant idea. It can't be Sir Benjamin Backbite. Oh, no. What say you to Charles? My brother? Impossible. Oh, my dear friend, the goodness of your own heart misleads you. You judge of others by yourself. Certainly, Sir Peter, the heart that is conscious of its own integrity is ever slow to credit another's treachery. True. But your brother has no sentiment. You never hear him talk so. Yet I can't but think Lady Teasel herself has too much principle. Aye, but what is principle against the flattery of a handsome, lively young fellow? <laughs> That's very true. And there's, you know, the difference of our ages makes it very improbable that she should have any great affection for me. And if she were to be frail, and I were to make it public, why, the Tower would only laugh at me, the foolish old bachelor who had married a girl. That's true, to be sure. They would laugh. Laugh? Aye, and make ballads and paragraphs, and the devil knows what of me. No, you must never make it public. But then again, that the nephew of my old friend, Sir Oliver, should be the person to attempt such a wrong, hurts me more nearly. Aye, there's the point. When ingratitude barbs the dart of injury, the wound has double danger in it. Aye, aye, that was, in a manner, left his guardian, in whose house he had been so often entertained, who never in my life denied him my advice. Oh, tis not to be credited. There may be a man capable of such baseness, to be sure, but, for my part, till you can give me positive proofs, I cannot but doubt it. However, if it should be proved on him, he is no longer a brother of mine. I disclaim kindred with him, for the man who can break the laws of hospitality and tempt the wife of his friend deserves to be branded as the pest of society. What a difference there is between you! What noble sentiments! Yet I cannot suspect Lady Teasel's honour. I am sure I wish to think well of her, and to remove all ground of quarrel between us. She has lately reproached me more than once with having made no settlement on her, and in our last quarrel she almost hinted that she should not break her heart if I was dead. Now, as we seem to differ in our ideas of expense, I have resolved she shall have her own way, and be her own mistress in that respect for the future, and if I were to die, she will find I have not been inattentive to her interest while living. Here, my friend, are the drafts of two deeds which I wish to have your opinion on. By one, she will enjoy eight hundred a year independent while I live, and by the other, the bulk of my fortune at my death. This conduct, Sir Peter, is indeed truly generous. Aside. 
I wish it may not corrupt my pupil. Yes, I am determined she shall have no cause to complain, though I would not have her acquainted with the latter instance of my affection yet a while. Aside. Nor I, if I could help it. And now, my dear friend, if you please, we will talk over the situation of your affairs with Maria. Oh, no, Sir Peter, another time, if you please. I am sensibly chagrined at the little progress you seem to make in her affections. I beg you will not mention it. What are my disappointments when your happiness is in debate? Steph, I shall be ruined every way. And though you are so averse to my acquainting Lady Teasel with your passion for Maria, I'm sure she's not your enemy in the affair. Pray, Sir Peter, now oblige me. I'm really too much affected by the subject we have been speaking of to bestow a thought on my own concerns. The man who is entrusted with his friend's distresses can never... Enter servant. Your brother, sir, is speaking to a gentleman in the street and says he knows you are within. Steph Blockhead, I'm not within. I'm out for the day. Stay. Hold. A thought has struck me. You shall be at home. Well, well, let him up. Exit servant. Aside. He'll interrupt Sir Peter, however. Now, my good friend, oblige me, I entreat you. Before Charles comes, let me conceal myself somewhere. Then do you tax him on the point we have been talking, and his answer may satisfy me at once. Oh, fie, Sir Peter, would you have me join in so mean a trick? To trepan my brother, too? Nay, you tell me you are sure he is innocent. If so, you do him the greatest service by giving him an opportunity to clear himself, and you will set my heart at rest. Come, you shall not refuse me. Here, behind the screen will be... Hey, what the devil! There seems to be one listener there already. I'll swear I saw a petticoat. Ha ha ha! Well, this is ridiculous enough. I'll tell you, Sir Peter, though I hold the man of intrigue to be a most despicable character, yet, you know, it does not follow that one is to be an absolute Joseph either. Harky, it is a little French milliner, a, a silly rogue that plagues me, and having some character to lose on your coming, sir, she ran behind the screen. Ah, you rogue. But, egad, she has overheard all I have been saying of my wife. Oh, it will never go any farther, you may depend upon it. No, then Faith let her hear it out. Here's a closet will do as well. Well, go in there. Sly rogue, sly rogue. Going into the closet. A narrow escape indeed. And a curious situation I'm in, to part man and wife in this manner. Lady Teasel, peeping. Couldn't I steal off? Keep close, my angel. Sir Peter, peeping. Joseph, tax him home. Back, my dear friend. Lady Teasel, peeping. Couldn't you lock Sir Peter in? Be still, my life. Sir Peter, peeping. You're sure the little milliner won't blab? In, in, my good Sir Peter. Forget I wish I had a key to the door. Enter Charles Surface. Holloa. Brother, what has been the matter? Your fellow would not let me up at first. What? Have you had a Jew or a wench with you? Neither, brother, I assure you. But what has made Sir Peter steal off? I thought he had been with you. Well, he was, brother, but... Hearing you were coming, he did not choose to stay. What? Was the old gentleman afraid I wanted to borrow money of him? 
No, sir. But I am sorry to find, Charles, that you have lately given that worthy man grounds for great uneasiness. Yes, they tell me I do that to a great many worthy men. But how so, pray? To be plain with you, brother, he thinks you are endeavouring to gain Lady Teasel's affections from him. Who? I? Oh, Lud! Not I, upon my word. <laughs> so the old fellow has found out that he has got a young wife, has he? Or what is worse, Lady Teasel has found out she has an old husband. This is no subject to jest on, brother. He who can laugh. True, true, as you were going to say. Then, seriously, I never had the least idea of what you charge me with, upon my honour. Well, it will give Sir Peter great satisfaction to hear this. To be sure, I once thought the lady seemed to have taken a fancy to me. But upon my soul, I never gave her the least encouragement. Besides, you know my attachment to Maria. But sure, brother, even if Lady Teasel had betrayed the fondest partiality for you. Why, looky, Joseph. I hope I shall never deliberately do a dishonourable action. But if a pretty woman was purposely to throw herself in my way, and that pretty woman married to a man old enough to be her father... Well? Why, I believe I should be obliged to borrow a little of your morality. That's all. But, brother, do you know now that you surprise me exceedingly by naming me with Lady Teasel? For a faith, I always understood you were her favourite. No, for shame, Charles. This retort is foolish. Nay, I swear, I have seen you exchange significant glances. Nay, nay, sir, this is no jest. Egad, I'm serious. Don't you remember one day when I called here? Nay, prithee, Charles. And found you together? Soon, sir, I insist. And another time when your servant? Brother, brother, a word with you. Aside. Egad, I must stop him. Informed, I say, that... Hush! I beg your pardon, but Sir Peter has overheard all we've been saying. I knew you would clear yourself, or I should never have consented. How? Sir Peter? Where is he? Softly! There! Points to the closet. Oh! For heaven, I'll have him out. Sir Peter, come forth. No, no! I say, Sir Peter, come into court. Pulls in Sir Peter. What? My old guardian. What? Turn inquisitor and take evidence in cog? Give me your hand, Charles. I believe I have suspected you wrongfully. But you mustn't be angry with Joseph. It was my plan. Indeed. But I acquit you. I promise you I don't think near so ill of you as I did. What I have heard has given me great satisfaction. Apart to Joseph. Egad! Then twas lucky you didn't hear any more, wasn't it, Joseph? Ah, you would have retorted on him. Aye, aye, that was a joke. Yes, yes, I know his honour too well. Apart to Joseph. But you might as well have suspected him as me in this matter, for all that. Mightn't he, Joseph? Well, well, I believe you. Aside. Would they were both well out of the room. Enter servant and whispers Joseph Surface. And in future, perhaps, we may not be such strangers. Gentlemen, I beg pardon, I must wait on you downstairs. Here is a person come on particular business. Well, you can see him in another room, 
Sir Peter and I have not met a long time, and I have something to say to him. Aside. They must not be left together. I'll send this man away and return directly. Apart to Sir Peter. Sir Peter, not a word of the French milliner. And goes out. Apart to Joseph. I, not for the world. Ah, Charles, if you associated more with your brother, one might indeed hope for your reformation. He is a man of sentiment. Well, there is nothing in the world so noble as a man of sentiment. Sir, he is too moral by half, and so apprehensive of his good name, as he calls it, that I suppose he would as soon let a priest into his house as a girl. No, no, come, come, you wrong him. No, no, Joseph is no rake, but he is no such saint either in that respect. Aside. I have a great mind to tell him we should have a laugh at Joseph. Oh, hang him. He's a very anchorite, a young hermit. Arky, you must not abuse him. He may chance to hear of it again, I promise you. Why, you won't tell him? No, but this way. Aside. Egad, I'll tell him. Harky, have you a mind to have a good laugh at Joseph? I should like it of all things. Then, e faith, we will. I'll be quit with him for discovering me. He had a girl with him when I called. What? Joseph? You jest. Hush, a little French milliner, and the best of the jest is, she's in the room now. The devil she is. Hush, I tell you. Points. Behind the screen. Zlife, let's unveil her. No, no, he's coming. You shan't, indeed. Oh, we gad, we'll have a peep at the little milliner. Not for the world. Joseph will never forgive me. I'll stand by you. Odds, here he is. Joseph Surface enters, just as Charles Surface throws down the screen. Lady Teasel, by all that's wonderful. Lady Teasel, by all that's damnable. Sir Peter. This is one of the smartest French milliners I ever saw. Egad, you seem all to have been diverting yourselves here at hide-and-seek, and I don't see who is out of the secret. Shall I beg your ladyship to inform me? Not a word. Brother, will you be pleased to explain this matter? What? Is morality dumb too? Sir Peter... Though I found you in the dark, perhaps you are not so now? All mute. Well, though I can make nothing of the affair, I suppose you perfectly understand one another. So I leave you to yourselves. Brother, I'm sorry to find you have given that worthy man cause for so much uneasiness. Sir Peter. There's nothing in the world so noble as a man of sentiment. Exit Charles. They stand for some time looking at each other. Sir Peter, notwithstanding, I confess, that appearances are against me, but if you will afford me your patience, I make no doubt, but I shall explain everything to your satisfaction. If you please, sir. Well, the fact is, sir, that Lady Teasel, knowing my pretensions to your ward, Maria, I may say, sir, Lady Teasel, being apprehensive of the jealousy of your temper, and knowing my friendship to the family, 
she sir i say called here uh, in order that i might explain these pretensions but on your coming uh, being apprehensive as i said of your jealousy she she withdrew and and this you may depend on it is the whole truth of the matter a very clear account upon my word and i dare say the lady will vouch for every article of it for not one word of it sir peter how don't you think it worth while to agree in the lie there is not one syllable of truth in what that gentleman has told you i believe you upon my soul ma'am aside to lady teasel steph madam will you betray me good master hypocrite by your leave i'll speak for myself ay let her alone sir you'll find she'll make out a better story than you without prompting hear me sir peter i came hither on no matter relating to your ward and even ignorant of this gentleman's pretensions to her but i came seduced by his insidious arguments at least to listen to his pretended passion if not to sacrifice your honour to his baseness now i believe the truth is coming indeed the woman's mad no sir she has recovered her senses and your own arts have furnished her with the means sir peter i do not expect you to credit me but the tenderness you expressed for me when i am sure you could not think i was a witness to it has penetrated so to my heart that had i left the place without the shame of this discovery my future life should have spoken the sincerity of my gratitude as for that smooth-tongued hypocrite who would have seduced the wife of his too credulous friend while he affected honourable address to his ward i behold him now in a light so truly despicable that i shall never again respect myself for having listened to him exit lady teasel notwithstanding all this sir peter heaven knows that you are a villain and so i leave you to your conscience you are too rash sir peter you shall hear me the man who shuts out conviction by refusing to exeunt sir peter and surface talking <laughs> 